it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm so grateful to have our guest, Maureen Kavanaugh-Berry, back with us today. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our first podcast, there's not an order. There's no testing here. You don't have to fill out a form at the end. Maureen has been with us before, and we talked about very, she was incredibly honest with us about her cancer journey and getting well. Maureen, welcome back. How are you? Thanks. Hello. Good morning. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. I think I said fantastic. I don't know. I think I just made that up. I said fantastic. Well, we can tell people right before we got to the broadcast, we were talking about dyslexia and making up words and um, for years, Maureen. So I understand not only do I transpose them, for years, I said voluptuous. I thought that was the word and it was voluptuous. And when finally, so one day somebody corrected me, I thought, but isn't voluptuous better? Do you know what I mean? But I I make up words it all the time. Fun. So if you want to say you're fantastic. I, I, love I love fantastic. And I have my own made up word recently. I'll tell you a funny story. Please. I wanted to do, um, I have the photography, you know, all of the birds and whatnot and yes. the wildlife that I do. Well, they framed everything and then I wanted to make a big, beautiful gallery. So now we lived in this house for 10 years and why it took me 10 years to do it, I have no idea, but that's beside the point. So I get all of my images and I'm lining them up, but I needed a level, but I was calling it a leveler. So I'm going on and on and on to my husband about, I'm going to go down to that Ace Hardware and I'm going to go get the leveler and blah, 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 blah. And I get my tool and I'm all proud of myself with my tools and everything. And I said, and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, come get my leveler out of and finally, he says, honey, it's called a level. I said, I've been walking around for a week saying leveler. He goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, this is the guy okay. who won't tell me that I'm gaining weight in my belly. Now, okay. Yeah, that, but luckily, you know what? He did it with a little panache. And he <laughs> he's he still did. alive. So funny. I was like, right. okay, I, I'm going to be six years old. I didn't know that it was level. Wait a minute. Now, because you've implanted that in my brain, I need you to know because I'm a minor bird. Now I'm going to call it the leveler. Probably for the rest of I kind of like it as a leveler. It seems like this the appropriate word. Who called it a level from the beginning anyway? I often make up words and my husband calls me and nobody will know this reference because he was so long ago. There was a comedian that used to say the wrong word. His name was Norm Crosby. And... When I do it constantly, Maureen, my husband says to me, oh, God, Norm Crosby's back. So it's all part of it. It's all part of our charm. Yep, there it is. Now, young lady, because, and you just made reference to it, if people go to your websites, and we'll quote them, and I want you to, we'll have all this information we always do on Facebook page and on our, we put it everywhere. We broadcast it everywhere. Maureen, I know that you are a writer and a photographer. You have a website of your photography images that include lands, uh, they were animals, flowers, landscape, and food. They're beautiful. And also what I've seen you adding lately is that you're drawing, that you're sketching, that you're Mm -hmm. painting. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, have you always been this creative or is it new? Hmm. 
That's a good question. Um, I get that asked a lot because it does seem like that this sudden burst of creativity just kind of bloomed in the last year or so, which it, it basically it did. Um, but I feel like, yeah, when I was a kid, um, I, I got, I got tired of the Barbie dolls quick and I wanted a sketch pad and pencils. And that's what I finally got. And then I was most invested um, in my art classes. And um, I didn't, you know, I was in, in high school, I think um, I wasn't on the track for uh, going to college and getting my MFA. Um, I didn't really, you know, I was one of those kids, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I tried a couple of different things. But one of the things I fell into was a drawing class, um, a drafting and design class. And it's precision and it's straight lines and it totally fits my OCD behavior. Um, and then I kind of, I did go to college for liberal arts uh, education. Um, but, and I did a little bit of sketching here and there, but then I got busy working, you know, and having a yes. life and, you know, living my life. I think um, the creativity came back um, probably about, well, about 15 years ago probably right after I got married, actually, I felt very secure yes. um, with my life. You know, I had, I think um, when you're, when you feel secure, you have the freedom to be more creative. And that's when I, I started writing and um, I published the cookbook, Salmon from Market to Plate, and then launched my podcast, Greenfish Blue Oceans. And that was a whole new skill set to learn. So I started you know, then I started a little bit of speaking um, and then I got sick. And right. when I was in the hospital after my surgery, I was in for an extended stay. I was um, pretty sick and they brought in um, music therapist, reflexologist and art therapist. And so the art therapist came in and brought her pad and a box of Crayola, the eight pack crayons and said, let's talk about your story. And all I wanted to do was come home to my house yes. and be yes. around the trees and be on my hammock in the backyard with the trees and let nature heal me. And I was talking to her about this and my process. And while I was doing it, drawing, I drew a little green man up in the corner. I had this huge piece of paper and I took this tiny little corner and I circled, made this big circular belly in green, but there was nothing in the center. I didn't fill it in. It was this empty hollow. It was the, and I, I didn't even know what I was doing. And she said, well, what did you draw? And I turned it around and she said, well, now look at that again. She goes, if that's not a metaphor for what just happened to you, I don't yes. know what is. And I thought, oh my God, I didn't even, you know, it was so subconscious. Um, so when I came home, I started drawing again. I was able, when I was able to sit upright at the table, um, I felt like it was a good therapy. And I started using my colored pencils and sketching um, some artwork and um, somebody gifted me a set of uh, watercolor pencils, which I'd never used before. It looks like a traditional pencil, but when you draw it on the paper, you activate it with a special water pen and it turns it into a watercolor. It's pretty amazing oh, stuff. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. And I was shocked because I actually had that gift for like months before I finally opened the box. Like I was like, what is that? Should I open it? Like, what, what am I going to do with that? Like, it was kind of like a weird, like I'm, I'm, I was afraid of it because it was unknown, you know, but I'm like, how can I be afraid of a box of pencils? I kicked cancer's ass. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's you know? right. I, you know what, Maureen, several things you said. I agree with, see, now I think that most people have creativity. 
I don't think most people develop their creativity. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I've I seen too. this mm-hmm. from teaching all the years I taught, not teaching food styling, teaching catering, teaching. I mean, I taught culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of issues here. One, if you're not secure, and I mean it in every form with yourself in the world around you and stuff, mm-hmm. you're not, you know what I mean? It's hard yeah. for you. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And people are afraid of failure. This is what I found out oh, mostly yeah. from being mm-hmm. a, a teacher at every level. And even as a child, when I, I mean, I, even as a child, I'm, I was never afraid to fail. My parents told it to and repeated enough that then pretty soon I believed them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I have two sisters and very different personalities. And my shyer sister, my gorgeous middle sister who's shy, I think not only was she shy, I think she's so, she was so perfect in so many ways, she was afraid to fail. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And and now as she's gotten a little older, she's not, and she's bloomed because, but I think she used to be afraid of failing. And I see Mm -hmm. this in so many people. If you are afraid to fail, then how can you try? See, and Mm -hmm. so then your creativity, people I know that have said to me, I'm not creative. And I go to their homes and I look at their homes and I think you are so creative, but they don't use that word. Right. I think, think, yeah, I mean, I think being afraid of success is a big thing. Yes, it is. You know, it's a big, it was a big thing for me. Like I, I held myself back for so many years, I think, because I was afraid to be successful. I didn't want to fail. And I think, you know, we have to fail because that's how we learn our greatest. That's where you learn the most is when you fail. And I think it just takes, sometimes it just takes like time to figure that out. You know, when you're young and you're trying to make a living and you're trying to establish yourself and you're, you know, you've got, I don't have children, but if you had children and you are raising children, you know, your creativity kind of gets pushed to the side. So sometimes that's why it's really common for women of a certain age to get to a point and say, I have time now and I have, I'm going to develop this creativity. And so exactly it. Yeah. And you feel usually by this age, hopefully by this age, you feel good about yourself. Do you know what I mean? And you also realize, and this is part of, and but also, because I wanted to ask you another several Mm -hmm. other questions about creativity, but people, if you're afraid, see, I don't think that Fear of failing is the same as fear of success. I think mm-hmm. they're the same coin, maybe different sides. Right. But they're very close. Mm-hmm. They're very yeah, close. They are. Mm-hmm. And the other, but so sometimes when I'm around people, and this is just me, I think we all need clean mirrors. I don't think our, and that's why people go to therapy. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because the right. therapist, is got no issue with you from sharing the bedroom with you as a child or isn't isn't the husband whose car you just wrecked in a car accident or or any of the enormous things that happen in life because life is messy yes it is a therapist is just there to give you feedback Mm -hmm. and the first time i was 27 or 28 now i'd been an been in the art department always the art student in high school always and in college and then I got married Maureen and I had to support my first husband yeah Mm -hmm. so I had no time for art do I mean I was just paying the bills Mm -hmm. and then and I I switched careers after I got divorced from the husband who I'd supported and 
I paid all the bills, but I'm yeah. not bitter. I'm not bitter, Maureen. When all of a sudden, Wait, there's Cooper. I, yeah, there's Cooper. There's Cooper. I went, went into therapy and my therapist, so as I was showing different things, but she said, you're one of the most creative people I've ever met. I said, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Because, so I think that creativity is in writing and in cooking and in mm -hmm. art yes. and in decorating and how we live our lives. To me, it makes my life so much better to, to, to follow creative paths. Do you know what I mean? Now, Maureen, I'm thrilled to hear about your painting and I love what you post on Facebook. How are you learning this new skill? Well, um, luckily I, I found a, an online course, Life I Design, and she teaches only watercolor. And um, I, I started watching her and thought, oh, I really like her technique. And um, her lessons are, are basic. It's basic, like practicing the strokes, how to mix color, color theory, and which kind of, you know, falls right into like what I want to do. Um, so I, I just jumped in and just practice every day. Um, I read books. I've been reading uh, Wendy Hollander. I've been following Wendy Hollander for a long time. She does um, botanical drawings in colored pencil. She does beautiful oh. artwork, absolutely gorgeous. And so I have her book. So I've been reading her book and I watch her YouTube. Um, so I'm basically self-taught at this point. I'm not going back to school traditionally um, in a traditional sense or online. Um, you know, you can find pretty much anything you need to know on YouTube or it's true. Uh, creative it's true. Pro. Like I, 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 I bought a creative pro app. So that's kind of in my uh, process. When I finish this watercolor course, I'm going to take a, a course on creative pro, which is more digital art um, just to get the skill set and just to develop my practice and, and grow as an artist. And, um, and then I practice, like I just started a, um, a 100 day challenge. And you probably have seen that on um, the oysters. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not the oysters. Oh, um, oh, sorry. So the, the um, a 100 day challenge is um, a, it's a meme. And, and so you, you do your, you pick your own challenge. I think there's probably some, um, some other challenges out there, but I decided to um, paint a watercolor feather for 100 days. Oh, that I read. I read when you posted it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing that in my stories and it does two things for me. One, um, it's the constraint that I like. So I'm only doing the feather and the feather to me represents hope. Um, I have Emily Dickinson's hope, uh, feather poem, um, written out and pasted on my drawing board to give me inspiration. Hope oh. is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings a tune without the words that never stops at all. And that's the first phrase, but I won't go into the rest. But so that really like inspires me. And um, I have, I'm surrounded by birds. Like I've identified over 60 birds in my backyard and um, I just love them. They're just such adorable creatures. So, so for me, I get the constraint with only using the feather and I get my practice. This, simple practice on technique, whether it's wet on wet or whether I'm practicing a stroke. And then it allows me to work on bigger projects that I'm working on, like more complex projects. Like right now I'm painting a pair of sneakers. I'm pairing like a pair of bougie sneakers and I'm working on um, some jellyfish and some bigger jellyfish pieces and some sea art creatures. Um, I've seen some of your jellyfish. I love yeah, them. Thanks. Now, are 
they're beautiful. Are you turning those into, are you going to be turning those into note cards or have you already done that? I am. So I found a printer who, um, so the whole process has been so new to me. I'm like, okay, so how do I do this? How do I sell this? What do people want? Um, for now, like I've been, been getting commissions based on the client. So somebody contacts me and says, I really like your octopus series. I want to do an, I, I want you to do an octopus for me. So I'll do that. Or somebody says, oh, I really love um, your turkey feather and um, I want a turkey feather. And so I'll work for whatever somebody else wants. But I also feel like there's a need for, um, to commercialize some of it. Like some of the greeting cards that I'm working on can actually be um, paint, uh, printed. So instead of an original piece of art, which is expensive, um, I can just do a print. So I found of a course. local Yeah, so I found a local printer and she scans all my art and then they create the, you know, the cards. So I'm in the process of um, figuring out like um, how to do bundles, like how to package it, how to sell it for shipping and then how to sell it uh, and make a profit doing it. And um, without like incurring a ton of um, inventory that possibly won't sell. So it's kind of, kind of like a, trying to figure out like what to do with it or what not to do with it. Um, I did find a local store that's interested in carrying some of my original pieces, which is really nice. So I'm happy about that. And um, I think my ultimate goal, because, you know, we have to have goals. Otherwise it's just, yes. you know, yes. my ultimate goal is to get um, a gallery with the, um, with the ocean series and the plastic pollution awareness and then eventually get to a point where I can donate 10% of the proceeds of whatever I'm selling to a charitable cause to support, you know, the oceans and plastic pollution. Um, and then who knows, like um, I was in a clubhouse group talking um, with some people and I told them what I was doing and they thought that I would be uh, potentially an illustrator for a seafood cookbook um, at some point down the road. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, exactly how I was. I was like, uh, yeah, that, that sounds really wonderful. So I have been kind of working on a, a fun little kid's story idea that is an illustrated, it has to do with the octopus and I won't give away too many details, but it's no. all about belonging and um, finding your home, you know? And um, I think belonging is such a big thing. We're always trying to figure out no matter how old we are, where we belong in this world, you know, as we navigate it. It's a universal, it's a universal thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maureen, I think everything you said, I, I couldn't agree with it more. One, you have to have goals, because yeah. if you don't have a goal, you don't sit down and do it. Right. People, I always, and longing is another one, mm-hmm. and that can be in yeah. so many different fields. Mm-hmm. I've always had people sit down next to me, whether it was at a conference or somewhere where I was speaking or a client that said, I want to write a cookbook. And I always say to them, so do it. Yeah. And they go, huh? I said, so you, the thing about writing, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because you mm-hmm. mentioned a memoir course and I've been sure. taking a memoir course. Mm-hmm. Writing is about sitting down and doing it. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. If people can say, oh, well, I can't get an, I, I see it in all the groups, you know, on Facebook, there's how to get a book, cookbook or yes. women's chefs, there are a million groups. So I'm in some of them. And then 
people go on and on, but I can't get an agent. I said, have you got a proposal or have you written the book? No. I said, then you don't need an agent yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People say, oh, well, I know it's really hard. I don't have a big following on my blog. And I'll say, have you written the book yet? And they'll say no. And I'll say, okay, then what difference does it make? Because now strategically, if you have a million followers every month, you can you're going to be able to get a book published and chances are you're going to sell it. Yes. Okay. But if there are thousands of writers out there that have not had blogs that do not have big followings, but you know what they do have good writing. (laughs) And I think that that's the thing that's absolutely amazing to me. And so everything about if you want to learn to paint, try it. Do you That's know right. what I mean? If you want to learn to make jewelry, try it. Right. And, you know, if you, end result, I think if you can monetize any of it, it's just a luxury. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just the it most wonderful a, it's thing It's a luxury, the for sure. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I was, you know, I didn't get into the painting to make money. Um, no, I think that no. the com- when people started asking me, um, I thought, oh, people like this enough to yes. pay me for it like okay yes. you know it's you um yeah i i got a um somebody found me on instagram i think you have to put yourself out there too and i think that's yes. the hardest thing i listened to a podcast i'll tell you a little um piece of advice i heard on a podcast that really resonated with me and maybe will resonate with you too um one of the we're, we're so critical of our own work it's hard to say, oh my God, I did this and now I'm going to show it to the world. Like, what are they going to think of me? Are people going to judge me? Are people going to be critical? Or, you know, that's, there's that fear, right? That drives so much of um, our, our process. But um, Linda Berry, the famous cartoonist said, her instructor taught her at an early age when she started to say, I'm not sure about this piece. I don't really like it. And the instructor said, well, that's actually none of your business. And I thought, yes, yes, exactly right. It's none of your business. What your art is all about. You create the art, you put it out there. People are either going to like it or they don't, but it's none of your business, right? I love that. I know me too. And I was like, it's, it's, it's felt so liberating. <laughs> yes. Now, so young lady, tell you were, you posted the other day talking about that you got home from what, where were you that you wrote so many pages all of a sudden of your memoir? Oh, sure. I think I just got, I had a burst of like, this is what I want to talk about. I think my cancer journey is such an important story right now. And so I, I started writing and I was just like, you know, I'm hoping I can get like a hundred words out of that vomiting, like, you know, three, 3000 words, because that's how it works. Um, but yeah, I felt really good about that. And, um, I'm excited to start this class that starts, um, next Wednesday. And so it's a six month course and it's every week. And there's only, I think 14 people in the class, which is really nice. And we have homework assignments. So I have to submit 2,500 words every two weeks, which is a fantastic goal. Yeah. By the end of six months, I'll have 60,000 words. And, um, initially, initially, um, when I registered for the course, I was going to go in with a memoir I had been working on for several years. And I had submitted my first 50,000 words to an editor in March. And when she returned the, um, the work back, 
thank God I only had to cut like 6,000 words. She goes, this is in pretty good shape. And she gave me a lot of great advice and said, I can't take any more work from you um, until the fall because um, she had her own book coming out and was going into audiobook, which I was totally fine with because I had plenty of work to do for revision. And that was all about like independence and belonging and confidence and overcoming and whatnot. And um, when I signed up for this course, I had this aha moment, this 3000 words that I spoke of what we were speaking of. And I thought, you know what? This other memoir is not serving me right now. So I'm going to push that to the side and I'm going to get this story out because this isn't, I want this to be an inspiring story about how you can overcome and how you pivot and pivoting is so important in the world because change is nothing but guarantee. You know, it's the only thing that we've got that's guaranteed is change. Right. So um, yeah. So I'm very excited about that and uh, we'll see where it goes. I start, I've taken one or two workshops, weekend workshops to write mm -hmm. a memoir yeah. and very, and I think, and one of the things, because people, the bad news is Maureen, I, I have now I have two memoirs. Do you see what I'm saying? So, sure. and they both are thousands of words already yeah. done. Right. One of them went out with my agent and it was, got tremendously wonderful feedback. And then, then the publisher that wanted it within a week, always said, now nah, we're not going to take it after all. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a setback. And of yeah. course, then people that are in publishing said, oh, and every, I shouldn't have told them. People said things like, oh, no one ever does that. And I'm thinking, you don't know that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because maybe they, you know, but if you listen to what other people say, sometimes it's not helpful. Sometimes it's just okay. problematic. But in the meantime, I've been taking a course, which is online, and we can put this information on the site. It's called Memoir Writing, Inc. And the reason, but it's, of, I've taken, as I said, workshops before, weekend workshops, uh, weekly workshops and stuff. They were all great, but it was definitely on their time schedule. Do you know oh, what I mean? And, sure. Mm -hmm. And this one is an online course. And the woman who gives it is called Alison Waring. She's written four or five books, wonderful, one or two memoirs. She's written a travel book. But she put together this, it's all online. So of course, that's why I started it in COVID. Yeah. And you can participate as much as she has Facebook groups, people post their work, blah, blah. I mean, she's wired this thing. There's videos. She brings in other memoirists to speak excellent, you know, and yeah. do these little videos. So I'm almost done with it. And I used it as a way to totally procrastinate not really <laughs> writing. Okay. Right. I see. I'm, I'm so good <laughs> yeah. at procrastination. Oh, but I think we all are. <laughs> oh man. But now, because I think, see, one of the things, and this is, I just say this in case it's like you saying, putting your other one aside because this is better. Yeah. After I texted her and she asked me a couple of questions and then I said, well, I think what I was feeling is since I'd written two memoirs and one of them had almost sold, they weren't complete, but they were in really good shape. They sure. were in really good shape. I said, and then it almost sold and then it didn't. Um, I, I was mad. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I was mad. It was more than and probably hurt too. Those are yes. your words. That's How your story. Yeah. How dare they tell me I'm brilliant one day and give me the booth the next day. Yeah. I mean, exactly. yeah. Fuck it's a rough yes. industry. It's a rough industry. It's a rough industry. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, much like you're just saying, I realized something. 
from taking the course and hearing Allison's words, those were just, even though they were edited in pretty, in pretty good shape, those were really just trial memoirs. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that now after this year of COVID and all the notes that I've made and all the things that I actually, it's kind of like a quilt. I need to start a brand new book and then That's I can right. take a page or two out of the other ones mm-hmm. that, it, that are really pretty good writing and I can build this quilt. But yeah. it's taken me a year, Maureen, because I think I was just pissed off. Now, who I'm, who I'm hurting is me. You know yes, I mean? exactly. By the way, the publisher that liked me or the 10 people that sat on the table and said, yes, one minute and gave me the, you know, the yeah. bums brush the next day. They've never thought about me again. <laughs> no, they did. They were onto the next person, do, you know, they, doing the same thing to the next person. <laughs> yes. They had to go and crush someone's else's dream. So, right. <laughs> now. Hey, yeah, listen, memoir, I, I memoir just, is not like writing a novel. Memoir uh, is no. very thought provoking. Like I have, um, years ago, um, in 2013, I decided to take a full memoir. I got a memoir certificate, which includes like 13 courses. And I did it with an online group called um, Gotham, Gotham Writers in New York City. So I developed this fantastic relationship with many of the, um, the teachers and a lot of students that I'm still friends with. And um, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I mean, yes. you, it's a lot of unpeeling and it's a lot of you know, there's the difference between the reflection and the narrative and the dialogue and creating the scene and, you know, having that as a character, a narrative arc, it's a slice of life. It's not like the whole life you have, you know, one. And I think that's a hard thing that most people, when they say, I'm going to write a memoir, they want to write, well, I was born here. And then I'm the, that's right. No, that's not You're it. right. Like, that's why I think for me, the cancer memoir is this is my slice of life. This is what happened. Right. And this is how I pivoted. And this is where I'm going. And then let that be some inspiration and hope for people who are also overcoming, trying to overcome these big challenges and don't know how to do it, you know? And you um, said it, it's, and people don't realize this memoir is, and you, well, you just said it. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking and one of Allison's terms that I love is you have to have a container for your mm-hmm. memoir. Okay. So your container is your cancer journey. So you don't have to vary off from that. Right. Do you know what I mean? You, right. you can be very specific. You could, st- mm-hmm. page one could be, you just like you told me in our mm-hmm. previous podcast, That's right. that you couldn't get a, you know, you couldn't get a yoga pose yeah. that you've been doing for years yep. and go to there. And I know for me, I, the two memories I've written, one, they don't go together. They, I, I, I wasn't good then. I didn't see how they could go together. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or that yeah. they could. Right. So, it, but it's a fabulous process. And it I is think a, it is a fabulous, I think it's really like, it's hard to navel gaze. It's hard to navel gaze, but when you do, and then you step back, you just, you grow so much from that. You're like, you can see, well, like, I, I, you have the adult version of like your life from like my first memoir, go. for instance, takes place. Um, in the 10 year span, I was living in the Florida Keys and I ran the restaurant and I had this tumult, you know, like two engagements, two failed engagements. And, 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 you know, I traveled the world and, but the crux of it was this relationship, uh, you know, this older man that I was involved with and uh, my daddy issues basically. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Everyone even... loves daddy issues. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, it was my daddy issue story, you know, and, and it's good. And the editor was like, 
you know, she was like, I need to know what happened at the end. Yes. Cause I only gave her 50,000 words. She goes, this is, you know, you still need probably, and I knew I needed another 30, but that's all she took was 50. And she said, you, you know, you're compelling enough character. Like you, I need to know what happened here. I'm like, well, I appreciate you saying that, you know? Yes. Um, and you have to remember that's really only one person's opinion. Like it's those people that said that to you, that's only one person's opinion. I, you know what? I have learned, and this is in so many statements, that what people say sometimes is a reflection of them and has nothing to do with you. Amen. And that's, and you know, when you, you said one other thing, Maureen, and that's why I think I, I talk about memoir on this podcast a lot, not just because I'm writing one, but other people that have appeared have written memoirs. It is a way, as we said, starting this with creativity that you have mm-hmm. time. Yeah. There is a time in your life to reflect Yep. And to look back, maybe the memoir doesn't have to get published. Maybe it's for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a healing instrument. I've read, mm-hmm. you know, I, one of the things I, someone, this was years ago, a woman approached me and said, why don't you write a memoir? You'd be great. I said, cause I wasn't addicted to heroin and I didn't have an happy and I didn't get evicted. I mean, I always think of someone like Tony Bourdain. He was so perfect for everything because he had so many issues. It yes, made him for interesting father. Mm-hmm. And he was brilliant because he took all that pain and learned how to make himself funny. You That's know right. what I mean? And mm-hmm. But yeah. I think it's fascinating. And But you said one thing, peeling it back. It's not, if you're, to me, I don't know for other people. Some days I write. And it's the most fun, wonderful, uplifting experience of my life. And mm-hmm. it, I, I'm not saying the writing's any better, but I feel good about it. And there are days that I write and I'm so tired when I'm finished. And I say to my husband, those were a tough couple of pages. Yeah, yeah that happens. Especially writing memoir when you're, when you're reflecting back and you're looking to try to figure out, well, this happened. And then why did that happen? And then what did I learn from that? And then that, and, and trying to put those words to it you know, it's a growing process and, and memoir is tough. I mean, it's even tough. if you're not, it's tough. Even if you're not writing about tough stuff, usually memoirs about life. So mostly it's tough stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so that's what that it's tough stuff. I'm going to say that to myself mm-hmm. next time. It is. It's is tough stuff. Tough and you, and you stuff. have to just, so here's, here's a good tip when you're writing the tough stuff, I found that if I, I can only write so much tough stuff before I start to get depressed and I'm like, yes. okay, this is not serving me well. So I write a little bit of two pages of tough stuff. And then I go take a break and I go outside and look at the birds or I take a walk or you do something good for yourself. Like make yourself a nice seltzer drink or glass of wine. If that's what you want, you know, take a break. And then the next day you come back and you don't even touch the tough stuff. You go to the light stuff and you do a lot of pages of light stuff because with that tough stuff sitting there, that stuff needs to sit and percolate and rest anyway, because when you get back to that tough stuff, you're going to see it from a totally different light and it'll be yes. easier to nap, to manage how you're handling that tough stuff. And you'll have some more clarity on that. That's right. Excellent advice. Yeah. Well, madam, all I can tell you is I want to thank you again for coming, for spending your time with us. It was wonderful. Oh, thank you um, so much. We're going to, I think I have to tell you something and I know it's because you're, it. you're doing several different things. You need to push that photography, um, your photography website, especially the birds. Especially, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I don't. 
I, I feel like I forgot I, I mean, to forget I was such, about it. I I know. But I you do. said it. Now I can't remember. It, 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 you said it. If when people have said to me, well, why aren't you selling that to me? So I say to them, I'm not interested anymore. Okay. One of the things, I mean, part of growth is change and things yeah. that I used to really care about Definitely. that I thought, and I made a lot of money and I was happy with, I don't care about those things now. Right. So, you know, that's, it's, there's an acceptance. And also it takes, a, it takes sitting with it for a while to all of a sudden say, I don't care about that anymore. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Does. It sure does. And I think the reason I made the separate photography site was because my web designer was telling me the images, you know, um, we're slowing the whole website down. And oh, so, okay. sure. Sure. So, you know, like with the, with the podcast, um, you have to have its own separate website. And so, you know, my Maureen Seabury site takes you pretty much to everywhere, but the photography site had so heavy with the photos, it was kind of slowing it down. So we just decided to go make totally it separate, make it separate. And then, you know, cause now with the new site, it's still also image heavy. It's just, um, it's got the, um, cause I have the art on there now. I love it. I yeah, loved it. Thanks. Well, madam, thank you. It's all fun. It's fantastic. It's, it is. We are, we are sitting pretty today. As my father used to say, you're sitting pretty, honey. That's right. And it's so great to see you. Oh, so great to see you. I thank you so much for everyone that's listening. You should listen to uh, both of Maureen's podcasts. Um, and we had, and it took, we kept saying, by the time we get together, it, we're going to, it's going to be so great because we had two mis, mishaps trying to get here. But today right, was the did. charm. Three was a charm, Maureen. That's right. That's right. It was. If you have questions, you go to our Facebook page, womenbeyondacertainage.com. That's our website. Also, if you want to reach out to Cindy and I or Maureen, we will have Maureen's information. But any questions or comments, um, womenbeyond at icloud.com. And I can't thank you enough. And thank Miss Cindy, who makes it all happen. Sometimes Cindy says one or two little tiny drops of information I think to myself later oh that was a jewel (laughs) I feel like that was an absolute jewel and it leads us to another adventure so thanks Maureen thanks Thanks so much Denise thank you my pleasure nice to see you bye